Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special show, very special guest, uh, someone I know from the comedy community in Chicago. I think you, I met you through our mutual friend Rachel. Right, I was doing Second City with her, and met, I think you guys. I don't know if you were still, if you're still doing this, but you were doing a group called Fat and Funny. I think at the time, and. Yeah, Meg Flood, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, we uh, have Fat and Funny on the docket, um, hoping to get back in the swing of it soon. We've added an extra member. So nice. um, once we, yeah, once we kind of regroup, we'll probably start putting out some more stupid sketches again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and what, yeah, and I... Good. We're doing. I'm doing well. Brent, how are you doing? I'm good. I someone tried to catfish me yesterday. <gasps> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Hold on. Wait. Like on a dating app? Like what's? Give we need the tea. The no. Like the person like cold call cold called um like texted me, but <laughs> it was a real weird text exchange. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Um, where is it? It's right. We need to get me something. Yeah. Okay. So, so this person, I don't know who they are. Just out of the blue texts me. Will you be sharing wine in Hawthorne with me tomorrow? <laughs> I was in the middle of teaching. I thought it was like a, like a student wanting something. <laughs> so I didn't think of it. And then after class was over, I felt, I was like, man, that could be like a missed connection, you know, like somebody trying to tr trying to get on a date with somebody so i was like all right i'll just say sorry wrong number and i did i just typed in sorry wrong number mm. and then like 20 minutes later i get a picture of of this girl okay <gasps> okay gorge <laughs> and it says it says i'm mandy the person you exchanged numbers with at the cafe the other day did you forget <gasps> And this is very, this is why I even like was interested in this scam was the wording of that, right? Like we exchanged numbers at the cafe the other day and then she says, did you forget or yeah, did you forget kind of allowing me to lie? Right. You know, like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm that guy for sure. Right now it's, it's a pretty girl, I guess I can like, I should talk back to her or whatever. Oh is that wild? You should have. You should have just been like, "Yeah, no, I'll meet you in Hawthorne." Yeah. <laughs> in there in twenty. Yeah. Did Did you just be in a, in a retention pond this morning? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Did you respond at all, or did you just leave it there? What if she was authentic? What if she was like actually like looking for the person she exchanged numbers with at the cafe? Yeah, perhaps. But so, like, I talked to my coworker Cassie, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh yeah, we got to say something back to her." Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And this is a different story, but I, I have just broken my toe, like, a couple of days ago. Okay. And so, like, we've been talking about it at work, and so my, my response back to her was like, oh, yeah, you were the girl with the toes. Okay. 
Because like I thought, like it's not then then my if she responded as a real person, I could then be like, yeah, your toes were real weird, remember? <laughs> but what she responded back was, OMG, is it is it true that I have the wrong number? Very awkward. Sorry if I got the wrong number. And so like the whole time, now that I'm thinking about it, I think they're all automated messages by this point, right? Like, regardless of what I said, when I said, when I told her from the beginning, sorry, wrong number, and then she posted that picture and the message, I think it just so happened to sync up with what I said. I think if I just, if I just typed gibberish in, I would have gotten the same picture, yeah. the same message, I feel. Yeah. You should send something no, right well. now, just to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. No, because I think then it's like, oh, it's someone who responds, I get put back on the list or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not as fun. <laughs> so wait, did you break your toe? So Br- we got we got to hang out actually for the first time in a, in a long time in person. Brent That's and right. I, yeah, on Sunday we had brunch. I was in Indianapolis. I went down uh, my friends in uh, Defiance Comedy, which is a comedy group I helped start in Indianapolis. They had a show at the Indie Fringe Festival, so I went down this weekend to check it out. And uh, so Brent and I had brunch on Sunday before I left town. And did you break your toe after I saw you? Like maybe an hour and a half afterward, I got home and Kara was like, so I'm in kind of this uh, organization cleaning kick suddenly, which she gets into. And that's the case. It's like, you know, I'm on board. I got to be on board, which is totally fun. (laughs) So we're moving some furniture around to like sweep under it. And I move an ottoman out to the middle of the, the floor. And then I turn and there's a piece of trash on the ground. And so I pick it up off the floor and then my... My ADD brain, like it's this weird thing with me, with the ADD, like I, I just laser beamed on the garbage can and then like everything else goes away. And so I just was like walking to the garbage can at a normal, just normal walk and I hit my pinky toe on the ottoman that I had moved. Right. And it hurt so bad and then it turned black. And then there's nothing you can do for that. Like you can't, if you go to the hospital, you waste four hours of your time and a lot of money on an x-ray that they do nothing for. Right. So like I taped one toe to the other toe. I was like, this looks stupid. (laughs) So I was like, this is not going to do anything. So I took it off. (laughs) So you just, you just have to wait for your pinky to heal now. Yeah. Yeah. The pinky toe, the baby, you guys call it baby toe or pinky toe. What do you guys call it? Oh, I never thought about that. Interchanged, maybe? I think I go pinky toe more. I would say pinky toe. I like pink. Pinky toe sounds less creepy, and I never (laughs) thought about it until this moment. Like, I don't know why my baby toe. (laughs) um, I got my adult toe, my little teenager toe. I've got my preteen toe, my toddler, and my baby. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Because your toes are are all the same age, right? little (laughs) babies. I just bought my middle toe a training bra. <laughs> yeah, you're a teenager. <laughs> oh, man. That's what you should use to, like, bind your toe to get better is you put a little bra on it. A little training bra, put a little bra on That's it. That's what you need to do. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Support that toe. <laughs> yeah. And then awesome. send that to the girl who was texting you. Yeah. Send a picture. Right. <laughs> Will you wear this for me? <laughs> a little toe bra. <laughs> oh man. Well, what what else have you been up to, Meg? Any other comedy things? Because I think I saw. Well, we reconnected recently because like Rachel reached out to me to do the. Uh, was it is it the Women's Film Festival? Is that what it's in Chicago? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I did a script reading. A couple, a couple scripts. They were doing a script reading for a couple, uh, really funny scripts. But so that was fun, and that was one of the first things I had done since COVID, like getting outside of my house and going and doing so- something on a stage somewhere. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That was very. That like exactly the same. I had not done anything performance wise um, until doing that, and even though you know it was a super small part in one in a five minute sketch, but you know, it was really great. It was, it was just nice to kind of just get back under the lights and um, I don't know, play around with some people. And um, I haven't really done anything else since for like live performance wise. 
Um, been doing some auditions for some, you know, shows around the city and, um, I've got a, I've got a podcast of my own, um, Calm Limited too. So we have been on hiatus for about a year because my partner um, has been uh, doing esthetician school and she just graduated. So we're gonna get back in the swing of it with our podcast um, soon. So that'll be some other kind of fun, creative thing. But performance wise, it's it's a little slow, you guys. Not yeah. gonna lie, but we're uh, doing our best. Yeah, doing yeah. our best. You know, I have a couple questions. The the first one: What's esthetician school? Oh, is that like I, a, I aesthetic? What's that? Is, what? is a skincare expert? Okay, um, nice. That's like not a licensed like dermatologist, but like, um, like all but knows all the things about skin anyway. Like they're. Yeah, they're not doctors. They're just um, licensed skin professionals. Okay. It's called an esthetician? Esthetician, yeah. Cool. Yeah, nice. it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's nice to have a, my best friend um, be an esthetician because uh, I know no one can see this, but I have a major, major zit on my lip, y'all. Like, crazy <laughs> huge. It's gross. It has people living in it. It's so big. Like, it's... <laughs> gnarly and so I call and I have a date on Friday and I called her and I was like bitch I need out like these lips are not for kissing right now y'all like we <laughs> and um she like literally sent me a voice message you gotta put aloe on it we're gonna put patches like she she gave me the lowdown and we're <laughs> we're moving through so nice you're you're evicting <laughs> evicting the family that lives in there Absolutely. I, uh, I will do that for, <laughs> it's painful too. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have like adult acne. I have a lot of, um, acne issues mm -hmm. and, um, this is a painful one. I don't know if you guys have had like under the skin zits. Yeah. It's like, it's like a portal for Daniel to just like crawl into. <laughs> out. Okay. Transition. I see you. <laughs> Segway. That, that was not an abrupt transition. <laughs> wild was that when he just oh uh, we'll get we'll get there we'll get there yeah but, oh my god <laughs> but so, one last question and then we will get to the movie so what, what's your podcast that was not a transition for you to to be quiet or something to no. talk about the movie by the way that was just an opportunistic thing no, unintentional segue <laughs> uh so what what's your podcast about though yeah we're called limited Two. um we're a nostalgic podcast um we just chat about all things that we loved growing up from like TV shows on Disney and Nick to um, music like emo pop punk or Britney or just anything under the sun from like the the nineties and two thousands. Um, nice. Yeah, it's just it's, we're just shooting the shit and um, yeah, it's just fun. It's just fun. And I don't know if y'all are familiar with the store that was called Limited to. I thought so. One of those mall stores. They were. It was like it's like. The store Justice now, I think, is like the, the like new name for Limited Two. Um, yeah. But it was just like you know your bubblegum, pub, pub, bubblegum poppy style for a sixth grader like myself <laughs> in two thousand and yeah yeah. See, Brett, Brett might be. I, I feel like Brett for most of the time or a good portion of the time we were in high school. I feel like you worked at the mall, right? Yeah. Oh, where did you work? Uh, journeys oh yeah yeah i tricked them into hiring me and and i would just like pretend like i knew what fashion stuff was like people would just be like could i wear this to uh my sororities whatever event yeah absolutely great. absolutely and i didn't know anything <laughs> i bought many was... a pair of etnies from uh from journeys do y'all remember yeah. etnies i don't yeah I had a manager, there's a manager who would put them in the garbage and then at the end of the night take the garbage out. And steal the that shoes? Was his hustle. Yeah, that was his hustle. Oh wow. Dang. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> I'm taking note. I'm taking note. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would trade um oh um Chick-fil-A was across the way. And this girl I went to high school with, I mean, I think she had an eating disorder. <laughs> 
she would have me she she would have me hoard like all this Chick Fil A, and then I would I would give it to her at the end of the night. Like she, she would like hide it in our store, and she would give me like one of the packages, and then she would bring it home. Huh. But like I think she had divulged to me about this like this issue that she was having. Oh, why? Don't you yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's a comedy podcast. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope she's doing well. I hope she's doing well. I know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the story took a turn I was not expecting. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered it. I, I was so at first I was like, "Oh, they got this Chick Fil A stuff," and then I remember the dark part of it. <laughs> it just came out came out yeah, organically. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But, I mean, it is a horror podcast. Like, there's yeah. a lot of. There's a lot of deep, dark stuff that happens in these. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, Meg, you brought us to talk about tonight, uh, 2019's <laughs> Daniel Isn't Real. Yeah. Uh, so yes. can you tell us, you know, your thoughts about this movie just kind of in general and, and what made you choose this movie to talk about? Mm, okay, so... Um... <laughs> So I watched this movie probably about a year ago for the first time, and uh, I was stoned out of my mind. <laughs> um, I watched this movie, and I left this movie like, oh my god, that, that was the most revolutionary <laughs> piece of cinema I've ever seen in my, like, literal mind blown. <laughs> and I think it was just because of the, like, bits and pieces that I actually remembered from this, like being in an alternate universe in my brain, uh-huh. the pieces I remembered were like the really like grotesque, like visuals and special effects and makeup that they um, put in it. And, and there was something about, you know, the dollhouse. And I thought that like, there's, there was a deeper meaning to this, like insane subworld that this creature lived in in the abyss or what have you i don't know like i was i was like this is the most incredible and i watched it last night to uh review uh-huh. and i left yesterday completely sober and i was like um i don't think that i feel the same way that i did <laughs> the first time i watched it like it was still really um crazy like really just um mind-blowing how awesome the sfx were Mm -hmm. i think yeah um but i you know actually like listen to the dialogue and you know i don't know if y'all have this i don't we're gonna chat about it but (laughs) i the dialogue i felt was maybe a little subpar you know the storyline of you know oh there's a young boy who has schizophrenia or you know we're alluding to that at least um is a story that is hard to tell properly, I think. And um, I don't know if they hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I don't know if they did it. <laughs> but yeah, just two completely different experiences <laughs> watching a- this movie. So Daniel isn't real. I thought of it as, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of a cross between Fight Club and Drop Dead Fred. Okay. Yeah. Wait, why are we naming all of these movies that I literally haven't thought about in <laughs> Drop Dead Fred? Yeah, yeah. So are we really going to? Oh my, I'm dead. Oh yeah. It is in the beginning. It's Drop Dead Fred when he meets Daniel, right? Because he, he's uh, Daniel is a bit of like a trickster, a prankster. Yeah. Sort of person. I like Daniel in the beginning mm-hmm. when he first shows up, not as a kid, as you know, as adult Daniel. He's 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 cool. He's he's. He's kind of funny. Yeah, he's a trickster, but nothing bad is happening for a while, you know, right. after he shows up. And then and then when he makes that transition, it makes it makes it almost seem like Fight Club. In fact, there's scenes where he's wearing like like the Tyler Durden shirt and he's got sunglasses on and he's just sort of like sitting real like statuesque. Yeah. Yeah. Times trying to look cool. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like right at the beginning, I'm already um Obviously, we know this is like a thriller when we enter into the movie, but I feel like the fact that he literally pops up right when uh, Luke is staring at this woman's dead, bloody body on the street, like, just the fact that, like, there he is, hey, do you want to go hang out? Let's play. Like, 
I don't know. I'm already getting some weird, iffy, <laughs> creepy vibes from this kid. Especially, like, what, like, eight-year-old has, like, slicked back, like, greaser hair? You know? Like, I don't know. I don't trust him. I don't trust him from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's in some, like, 60s New, New York Bronx yeah, movie. Like, All right, Danny Zuko, chill out, my guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. They're going to, like, Un- unfurl like the cap of a fire hydrant and go play stickball. <laughs> right. Yeah. He just he just walked off the set of like the Outsiders or Rumblefish, you know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but no. But I like how and kind of to spoil the end of the movie, but it's it's a it's a through line throughout the movie. I like how even at the very beginning, when Daniel first appears as a kid, you can the movie's kind of leading you to think, okay, I I know what this is. I've seen movies like Fight Club. This is like a schizophrenic break, you know, disassociative identity disorder, whatever. This is another personality he's made of. And then as the movie's going along, like you're more and more meant to ask, like, wait a minute. Is this like a a, a mental manifestation of Luke and his, you know, issues and trauma and all that? Or is this really like a separate entity? Is this like a demon that's that's uh you know um what's the word i'm looking for just like traveling and occupying hosts and yeah stuff. possessed Pos- yeah possessed yeah yeah yeah. is this a demon yeah. that's like possessed him and and i think by the end of the movie it's pretty clear that it's the latter right like i think i think some movies would leave it uh ambiguous as to what it was but i think this movie makes it pretty clear at the end that uh you know no, Daniel's at, he Daniel's like an ancient demon, you know. Yeah. While I was watching it, I found that the, the the title of the movie was very confusing to me. Oh, okay. It's like they're telling me he isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly he knows, you know, and suddenly like he, Daniel has written all the answers to the big test. Yeah. <laughs> On his yeah. box. Yeah. And they really didn't like. They really didn't build Luke up to be like a real smarty pants, except for like one scene where he's like. Daniel makes fun of him for reading a book. Yeah. yeah. I I feel like that was one of my qualms, I think, in watching it in my sober watch, um, <laughs> was that I feel like every character was very, like, surface level. Like, no one really had any defining characteristics other than, like, their mental state and their mental health. Like, the mom, she's established right off the bat as, like, having, you know possible multiple disorder right and then luke is that's his only like through line and driving characteristic Uh, like there i don't know there was like and the the women like cassie and um whoever the party girl sophie yeah sophie yeah um they were just kind of like one note manic pixie dream girl vibes and like didn't have any real depth to them either, except like, ooh, we do art. I'm an artist, you know? Like, it's just felt like um, a very been there, done that in all aspects of these characters, you know? I yeah. don't know. None of them were very unique to me. Yeah, or very complex. I agree. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's well said. Because I think, yeah, I think you articulated something that I was feeling. But yeah, for sure. Because there's that, because when Luke at the end when Daniel inhabits his body and he trans he transforms it's fun it's it's a lot of fun because he's wearing the clothes and he's got the slick back hair and he's like it's fun but I feel like it would have been more impactful if we had a better idea of who Luke what you know you could draw a more more of a stark contrast if if we had a solid idea of who Luke was and now he's this other different guy Whereas it was like, okay, no, he's dressed different. He's acting different. Okay, I see. I get that it's Daniel. But yeah, it wasn't as stark of a contrast as it would would have been, you know? I almost I almost was expecting his, like, face to, like, transform into, like, a wolf and go and do, like, the the Jim Carrey in the mask <laughs> things. Oh my God. Like, he's getting that vibe. <laughs> oh, dude, that re- you made me You made me think of, like, the, uh, remember in Beetlejuice? Where she like oh, she yeah. pulls her face out. <laughs> I was doing that in that. Part. Yeah, I know you're you're you have the cartoon brain like me. Oh man, so real. I feel like I'm like I was 
like, let's chat about this movie. And I don't have a lot of great things to say about it now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like this. Let me pick this apart. I don't know. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. That's happened before. Have you ever seen Army of Darkness? No, is that or, Army no, of the Dead? Army, Army of the Dead, yeah. I don't think I've seen Army of the Dead. It came right at the beginning of like the pandemic, and it was great because it was something new. And we didn't have anything new for a while. And I thought it was the shit. And then we had this, we had our, with our buddy, um, um, Aubrey. Thank you. But she picked that movie apart and made me hate it by the end. I was, <laughs> and I was, all, I was all in on it. Oh my God. That's <laughs> yeah. I gotta watch that. What even is that about? It's, it's a zombie, it's a zombie slash heist movie. Yeah. Where these people are doing a heist in the middle of a city that is overrun by zombies. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm kind of obsessed with that. And it's, it's not bad. It's, a it's fu- just not really, really good. And then yeah. when someone with this person's intelligence tells you it's terrible, you believe her. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, though, like, I'm down for a, a film that, like, is technically a piece of actual shit. Like, <laughs> but if you have a good time watching it, then you have a good time watching it, you know? That yeah. was this movie for me. I, I like this movie. Yeah. I don't, don't worry. Like, this was, a, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, not but, well known, I don't think, is the other thing. Yeah, I watched it with an ex, like, when we were together, and um, and I had no idea until he told me about it, um, but I, I, I obviously really much, very much enjoyed it the first time, um, and I didn't, again, I didn't hate it this time, but it was like, I was able to actually, like, follow <laughs> what was going on, and um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, stoner brain went to like some fantastical <laughs> universe for a little bit. Oh yeah, like, and I don't even smoke that often, so like when I took literally one hit and watched this movie and thought I would be okay, and then I was like, I'm going to throw up by the end of this movie, because it is really like, I even last night felt like I was getting sick to my stomach, because the visuals in this film are so jarring, and yeah. I'm going to say jawing <laughs> as a pun. There you go. Because, you know, he pulls his jaw, jaw. Like, like, literally, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, pulls his jaw open and climbs in. That was, a, that was a very affecting visual when he, like, pulled uh, Luke's mouth open and climbed in. That was pretty awesome. I got it. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. I also think the makeup in this, it, like, the where's the award for the makeup, uh, head of makeup? Because, like, that, for, for me, like, in horror films, monsters are really hard to hit for me like yeah. if if they do a reveal and they do it wrong and it looks wrong and there's just like one thing off like it ruins the entire experience for me and i honestly think that they did a good job in this with the monster reveal and how how he looked like that it was really it was almost like you there was always something new to look at every time you saw him yeah there's like yeah. an element of his face of this demon yeah, you're talking about like the weird skull like yeah. figure. Yeah. It was weird because your your face, your I mean, sorry, your brain wants to create a face out of something, and yeah. it seemed like my brain was like trying to do that, and it made it scarier for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Right, make it into a face. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and even and I I feel like that scene where they're where they're down in the tunnels, right, and they start to they start to merge. Yeah. And when he takes over the body, that was, I feel, I feel like that was the first time in the movie we really had like that level of special effects and like creature effects. And it's maybe, maybe not quite, but close to halfway through the movie. I mean, you're a good way into the movie before that happens. And so like their faces are like, I don't, they're like meshing together. And I was like, Whoa, what the, like, where did this come from? You know? Yeah, for sure. And then even like you said, when he at the end, when he's with Cassie, and he literally just like meshes his face around, like it's mold. Oh, it's like it looks so good. Like I, I think it looks really great. I don't know. I'm, I am a film editor, so like I look (laughs) at film all day, and I, I think it looks. I think it looks. That's a, that's a pretty big ask to ask your buddy. Like, can I use your body? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Let me use your body. Yeah. No, that I feel like I saw something else recently that where that happened. What was that? I don't know. Oh, have you seen have you watched Umbrella Academy? Yeah, but I haven't watched the new season yet. Okay, okay. 
uh, I can't remember what season it happens in, so I won't go into detail. But my uh, when the third season dropped, my daughter and I started watching that show, and we watched all three seasons. And fucking, oh, I love that show. It's so good. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. Are you thinking about when he unzips himself and reveals a an alien of some sort? <laughs> That's cool. Who wait? Who is it that unzips himself? I didn't write that moment. It was the uh, the dad. The, the dad. dad. Okay, I didn't want to spoil it for you. I'm not. I'm not thinking of that moment. Uh, I would so. imagine that would have to be a big thing. Like, have you guys ever had to put the cushion back into a futon? <laughs> like, what the, like how hard is that to like you shove like an alien into like a a, a human a human bag? That'd be hard to do. Yeah. No, that would not be easy. Yeah, but... But that's... I don't know. I mean, like I said, that the monster, I, he's not a monster, but like the like character, like creature reveals are really hard to hit for me. And this unzip seems like it would be really cool, but it was really out of place and I didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on a rant about, I, I love Emberall Academy, but we, I could go down a rabbit hole with that show. Cause yeah. it's so fun. <laughs> well, and that's, that's actually, I, and I hadn't seen it when one of our uh, guests we had, Fairly recently, Brent Tracy Roland, yeah. she oh, yeah. she was doing a show, and she injured herself during the show. So she had to she she her scene wasn't filmed because she had injured herself. And I hadn't watched the show at the time, so she was like, "Yeah, I was in the show," and I was like, "Okay, that sounds great." I've since watched the show. It was the Umbrella Academy that she she was supposed wow. to do a scene for, and she got injured before she could film her scene. Uh, yeah and and she was like she was like but they were so sweet she was like klaus the guy who plays klaus she she was like he came over and gave he came over and gave me a hug and my daughter was like fucking lucky (laughs) my daughter was so jealous bro i went through a robert sheehan phase in high school because he was on the show misfits i don't know if you guys ever watched misfits it's a uk show i watched Um, yeah i just watched the first episode actually the other night yeah yeah he plays um Nathan, I think is the name of his character. This is one of my favorite shows. Um, and I like, <laughs> like his face was on my binders. Yeah. Like, wow. like I was so, I love that guy. I think he's so talented. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He's great. He's great as Klaus. And our friend Tracy Rowland got a hug from him. So. Uh, yeah. Jealous. <laughs> or she thinks we should have made your concussion. It could have been anybody. She, yeah. She, she, <laughs> that's true. She could have been cuddling with the bag that falls off that guy. Yeah, she was she was clutching the Reginald bag. That's what happened. <laughs> the Reginald bag. <laughs> I want a spinoff of just the bag living its life after. And it's it's just blowing around in the wind, but people still react to it. It's like uh, it's like a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing, right? Where it's just a oh, yeah. skin sack. I was picturing American Beauty, where like he's yeah. filming the bag fly around. <laughs> yeah. But you only hear like Katy Perry's "Do you ever feel like a plastic bag?" line over and over and over again for two yeah. hours, just on repeat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wanted one thing I wanted to say about when we were talking about the tunnel scene. One thing I really did like about this movie was when um, Luke and Cassie when they first hook up, right? Um, I don't know that I've seen another example in a movie of. I don't know. I feel, I feel like maybe it was a few years ago or so. There was like a conversation about like enthusiastic consent and, and stuff like that online. And it was, and there was a, a contingent of people who were like, Oh, you're going to kill the mood by like asking if this is okay. Or like, you know, do you want, but I th- I thought this movie did a, 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 an interesting job of Luke, like, you know, before he takes her panties off or whatever, he's like, is this okay real quick? And she's like, yeah. And then he, and it's like, I don't know. I thought it was really well done. And it's, I don't know that it's something I've seen in another, in another movie, just like these little moments of consent. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And there, it was really subtle, but it was like, I, I agree. It stuck out in my brain too. Like it, um, it's almost, it just happened really quick. And, um, and it, it, it was an exchange of consent. Yeah. I think yeah. that was, I think you're hitting a great point. Yeah. Well, and it's, and yeah, organically and, and realistically, I mean, that's how, you know, that's like how it go, you know, it's like yeah. a, re- a realistic expression of like what that can be like and should is like, but, um, but then I think it's contrasted with the scene in the tunnels where, mm-hmm. where Daniel takes over his body and, you know, yeah. he's just like total alpha male douchebag and is like, 
and is like, like, just like does his thing. Real, he's done in like five seconds, and it's like, I don't, I, I, that had to be an intentional contrast of those two things, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. That that tunnel scene. I think I just, it's so uncomfortable. The whole, the whole thing is so uncomfortable. I think I just kind of like blocked it out honestly yeah yeah i mean i'm not a girl but i think it would like the probably the least romantic place to do it would be like a dirty tunnel (laughs) (laughs) i don't care like how much like cocaine is around right that sounds absolutely awful (laughs) what were they even i don't know (laughs) yeah Oh man, but uh, a couple in and of itself. A couple moments I want to touch on um, that happened earlier in the movie is when he unlocks Daniel, when he takes Daniel out of the dollhouse. It's under the advisement of his therapist, so yeah. you know, I don't know. There's kind of this like I was like, oh man, why? You know, if it hadn't been for his therapist encouraging this, you know excursion into his imagination he daniel would have just stayed locked up in the dollhouse you know yeah yeah i think that's where like i think the whole like therapy um like the therapist and him his relationship i feel like i just read that you know this movie might not hit entirely on like what that um what is actually realistic of what would happen in that relationship and in that room. Yeah. Um, I don't, I I don't know. I'm not someone that has um, multiple, but um, I've just read that a lot of people have um, expressed concerns about, um, yeah, how, how maybe not realistic it would have (laughs) been for the, for the therapist to go that route. Um, Especially because didn't it seem like he had, I might be wrong, but like, was this a new therapist? Like he had not been to him very often. I I think at at the beginning, I think in his first, this first session they show us, he's he's talking about how his mother would not approve of him coming. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, that might've come up, that might've come up already. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, if, if this, therapist was bit brand new and just to immediately be like you know what unlock that fucking dollhouse bro like <laughs> let's see what the fuck happens um i don't know yeah i don't know yeah aren't you supposed to not like um indulge in 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 a hallucination if you're a therapist with your client i think you're not supposed to no i don't yeah. know i i'm literally just going off of things that i've read of concerns right. that people have yeah. said but you so, know <laughs> and that's and i thought i there were a couple points in this movie where i was like i I wonder i was like is this a tasteful representation of like mental health or is this is this problematic i don't know i'm not the person to yeah but but i think by the end when it becomes clear that it's a demon and he's possessed i was like okay well it's not really mental illness so i guess Maybe I, you know, it's a, it's not schizophrenia. It's a demon, you know? Yeah. yeah. I thought the idea of, I've, I've, I've seen it before in movies where it's like a physical representation of the mind. Yeah. Which I imagine where like Luke was sent while Daniel was taking full over, you know, where he, Luke wasn't even in the reality at all. Yeah. When he, when he put Luke in the dollhouse. Yeah. 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 So and then in the dollhouse, he sees like the display cases with like previous implements of death or whatever. Yeah. And I, I would have liked to have seen like more of that because I think, am I right? Correct me if I'm wrong. There was like the weird ice pick looking thing for the therapist that he was used. And then I think a knife. And then there was like a gun for when he, he was inside the body of that other guy. Yeah. Yeah, at the yeah at the at the beginning of the movie, he was in the John Thigpen was the guy. Yeah. So so what so the reveal at the end is this is actually a demon. This is like a centuries old demon who was in the body of John Thigpen, and when yeah. he shot up that diner, and was killed by the police, then he inhabited the body of Luke, right? 
And so it's by the end of the movie, it becomes clear that it's possession, which I, the moment it clicked for me was when the therapist made a house call to Luke, which is weird. Like therapists don't do that, but it is weird. But dude, it looks a lot like that scene in the exorcist where the Catholic priest shows up and the car rolls up and then drives away and he like walks up the step and there's that one spotlight. I was like, this is definitely an homage to the exorcist. And I I was like, okay, we're like definitely in demon territory, demon territory now, you know, I was like, this is okay. I see what we're doing. We're, we're in, we're in the, in the demon realm, you know? That's a great point. And I mean, like there, I feel like that could have been even a defining moment for us to really put those pieces together. Like you said, like this is a parallel to the exorcist. The exorcist we know is about demonic activity. So this is your, um, yeah, this is your moment to, uh, realize that this is not just someone with multiple or some sort of, um, other mental illness, you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. So the doll, I want to go back to the dollhouse though. Yeah. So the dollhouse, I think is a big plot hole in the movie. (laughs) Okay. Because in the beginning, the mom makes, you know, there are so many shots throughout that just cut back to the dollhouse, just like a nice creepy little zoom in to the dollhouse, centering it so completely throughout the film. And they make it like, you know, first she's like, put it in your grandma's dollhouse. And it's like, okay, well, what does, what does grandma have to do? Like, where is grandma? Does grandma have any stakes in this matter? Like what's going on? Right. And at the end, like, I totally agree. I wanted more understanding of what the dollhouse was and why Thigpen was there and distorted. Like, I feel like there's more questions that arise in that than answers and um and why why um his dog like why is big pen in luke's dollhouse dollhouse, right yeah yeah like why where's that correlation i don't understand how big pen got in there yeah (laughs) i don't i mean i don't know yeah and i know it's part of your mind but uh, yeah my, my my only thought was maybe that the dollhouse was luke's version of a portal to whatever whatever daniel's realm is right it the dollhouse was the way luke was transported there it might have been something else for john thigpen and i i suspect that there are probably other people in the depths of that like all the people he's inhabited throughout history hundreds and hundreds of years um So that was my thought on it. Was maybe it, it like the dollhouse is just a portal to this other realm. Yeah, you know. I wish yeah, I wish we got more like I, I, maybe I just wanted think I'm sad when Thigpen died. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, this guy has been running around for 15, 14, 15 years. Right, and now this is how yeah. he goes out. Right with these uh, with these weird little you know hot dogs hanging off the side of his head or whatever. And like, also, what does that mean? Like, why, why is he now transforming into this, what looks very similar to this abyssal demon creature yeah. that is Daniel? Like, does that mean that maybe he slowly over time tra- tra- transforms into a demon himself? Like, is that what happens to the victims? I don't know. No, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you know, I did just right before we started recording, I read that uh, the director, Adam Egypt Mortimer, which is the name of the director, he did another movie called Arch Enemy, right? With Joe Mantigliano or whatever that guy's name. I'm sure I didn't say it right. But he's like, uh, you know, the big muscly guy from, he was Flash in the Spider-Man movies. And uh, yeah. Uh, oh, he was in, um, it was the werewolf in true blood. Yes. The werewolf in true blood. What's a stripper movie with, I can't magic Mike, baby. magic Mike. Yeah. 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 He was in magic Mike, but I know I just, I mostly know that guy. Cause I always hear like what a big dungeons and dragons nerd he is. Right. He like, yeah. 
he he loves Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yeah, he's a big nerd, huge wow. nerd. I uh, love that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but so anyway, he was in this movie called Arch Enemy that this same guy did, and apparently, I just read this like an hour ago. Uh, it's part of what he considers a his Vortex trilogy, and he wants to do a third movie where Max Joe Magnoliano's character from Arch Enemy, and uh, so Daniel would come back, and the character from Arch Enemy has to face. I haven't seen Arch Enemy, so I can't I can't speak to it. But uh, so he wants to close out his Vortex trilogy, as he calls it. Ooh. So, I love that. Okay, what do we think about um, Patrick Schwarzenegger um, playing this role? Um, yeah. Speaking of, you know, if he comes back and if he comes, we have another Daniel movie. Which, I gotta say, this was even, I think, is I don't know if it was the actor's fault. I think maybe it was more the writer, maybe the director, that the main character is played by Miles Robbins, who's the son of Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. And, and then you have Patrick Schwarzenegger, the son of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I was like, I was like, were they just trying to get like second generation Hollywood royalty in this movie? Yeah. Um, but I, anyway, to answer your question, I thought Patrick Schwarzenegger did a great job. I thought he was yeah. really good. I did too. I think he, I think he successfully pulled that off. Um, I'm very critical of actors in movies <laughs> and I think he killed it. Literally, <laughs> when I think of what it's like to have, like, what it would be like to have something like schizophrenia, I can, I can almost picture like it being like that, where like you're hearing something yelling, or, or you're being very distracted by, like, an image or a figure moving around. Yeah. As well, I thought that they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I thought he did. I thought he did a great job. I honestly didn't know who he was. Uh, when I watched it the first time and then found out that that's Arnold's son. And I was like, Oh, like, <laughs> I love this because I, I just would have, you know, pegged him as just any other actor that got the role off the street, you know? I yeah. Think that he, he did great. But yeah, but when, when, you know, you can see, like you can see in his face, yeah. right. You can see the Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But yeah, but I like, I've seen him in an interview before and he throughout, throughout the whole interview, he it, he sounds like he's about to do his dad's voice. <laughs> like it's, it's like one notch away from like, yo, right. do the, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> he's just like about to go into that like Austrian accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. That's funny. <laughs> nice. But I like a lot of the, uh, you know, the other actors too. One well, And also I like, uh, this was produced by Spectrum, which is Elijah Wood's production company. And I, I, I like a lot of the stuff they do is just really different, really weird, really interesting. You know, maybe not the greatest thing you've ever seen, but it's always it's always different and interesting and weird. Megan in 2021, Stone Ever Mind begs to differ, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Best thing she's ever seen, okay? <laughs> maybe, yeah, the greatest thing some people have ever seen. Uh, but no, but, I'm, but, no I, but Spectrovision... Uh, they've got a lot of good shit. I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, a couple movies that Elijah himself stars in, but then just other things that that company's produced. I feel like it's always interesting the, mm. the what Spectre Vision's doing, but, um... Is that the same company that did Swiss Army Man? I Have don't... you seen that one with Elijah Wood? I, I think... Is he in I think Daniel Radcliffe's in that. Daniel Radcliffe, oh, yeah. Oh, shit, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... But, which is funny because a lot of people always confuse those two. And Brent, I don't know if you, that script I sent you, uh, has Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe, like interchangeably. That's cool. Used. <laughs> but, uh, but there's a, also Sasha Lane, uh, the woman who plays Cassie. She was, she was one of the hunters in the Loki show, right? She was hunter, like C. 20 maybe well, the one that like realizes that her, that her life is a lie yeah i felt the, i felt the same way um and then mary stewart masterson she's that's crazy i'm sorry yeah. oh no i i no i had the same i had the same reaction but uh his mom mary stewart masterson is great i remember her from fried green tomatoes i would watch a lot as a kid <laughs> um, um i love that yeah and her character 
like kind of going back to what you're talking about how it's like maybe like maybe a little iffy on the um portrayal of people with multiple or whatever she specifically is dealing with like the way that like she uh when they're sitting on the bench and she like says like you need help or something to my son and they immediately in white coat white jackets pull her away like she's you know and I was like this is so dramatic like like I maybe maybe this does happen but it feels like a very like um old school way of portraying what life is like in um rehab centers like yeah I feel you. you know what we we just released an episode about the um what movie oh the movie malignant is like a 2021 movie have you seen malignant i have not but i have been told by many people that i need to okay that's the same guy who made hereditary right uh maybe no different direct different director but but yeah no it's james wan uh ari aster did hereditary but but james wan james wan did like uh saw the conjuring insidious he like hereditary came up when we were talking about that yeah yeah, he he's yeah. James Wan has created like three separate, distinct horror franchise already. Like three of the biggest horror franchises. But um, but why was I talking about *Malignant*? Oh, there's a scene in that movie where one of the characters is like thrown into a jail cell, and all the characters is like, "Hey, what what gang are you in? Like, what what side are you on?" And they like start bullying her, and I was like she this isn't prison like she hasn't gone through like she hasn't been to trial yet she hasn't been convicted she's not in a prison she's just in a little holding cell in some sheriff's office i was like that's not you're not gonna have like that's not how that works you you know (laughs) like you don't have i don't know (laughs) yeah no it just yeah like i said it just feels very like old school portrayal of that and like what I just want to know, like, what extensive research was done by our guy Egypt? What's his name? Um, <laughs> Adam Adam Egypt Mortimer. Egypt Mortimer. Like, what? Where's your dramaturgy notes? Um, <laughs> like, what? I don't know, because I mean, to y'all's point, it does give off a very like Fight Clubby vibe, and like that to me kind of sends red flag fight club is a great movie i love fight club mm-hmm. but like the obviously overarching story of like hyper masculinity and whatever that goes into that like that just gives me red flags of like okay we're adapting that into this movie about possible multiple <laughs> disorder i don't know like i think my brain's going all over the place yeah. now but <laughs> i just no. feel some kind of way about yeah that portrayal yeah. for sure no, I'm with you because there, yeah, there are certainly like people who understand what the intent was behind Fight Club, and then there are people who like love Fight Club for all of the wrong reasons, you know. Absolutely. And they're they're the people who like they idolize Tyler Durden, you know, same people who are going to idolize the Joker or idolize uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. It's like no, you're taking you're taking the wrong lesson, right? Those are written the fight club book like the hyper masculinity and and weird tyler durden stuff was just like a catalyst for him to to give these stories of like crazy shit that happened when he was a caterer Mm -hmm. you know like all that stuff that like the or you know like all the weird stuff that like the blue collar people will do to like give it to the man like that's what that whole thing is more about yeah 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 Yeah, and, and then like you said meg you've got like a bunch of like red flag fans who like totally missed the point like you didn't get (laughs) just worried that people will interpret um i don't know this type of mental illness um in the wrong way when they don't understand it and they're watching it and i don't know i'm just it worries me the the people that will take away from this movie in the wrong way yeah no that's yeah totally legit i think that makes total sense Awesome. But it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoyed watching it. It was a fun watch. Um you know. And the and like uh the other guy too, the guy who plays a the therapist, I'm gonna butcher his name, but uh Chuck Woody Iwuji. Um I know from he was in the John Wick chapter two. I think he worked at the hotel or whatever. Um 
But he's in the he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Ga, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and I think I think he's playing the main antagonist, the the high evolutionary who like did experiments on Rocket Raccoon and and some other shit. But oh, so. that'll be fun. He was great. I think yeah. he did a great job. I mean, it was a weird, like we said, weird character, weird relationship <laughs> that they had. Um, yeah. But I think he did a stellar job at it. I, I honestly, when when he's when Daniel's pulling his jaw apart, I think it's honestly his reaction yeah. that that guttural response from at least me. And yeah. like the visual is obviously really disturbing, but it's like when his reaction, I think, really hits home. Like it hits it out of the park of like, oh yeah, that's what I feel too. <laughs> but he's just emoting it in the way that I, I would if I were in that room. I don't know. Yeah. He did a great no. Job. Now that now that you mentioned it, I think you're exactly right. Cause yeah, he's like he's terrified. Like he's losing it. I think you're absolutely yeah, right. Daniel knows too. He tells him he's like, This is gonna hurt you. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. He does say that. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's like, check this out, man. You're gonna flip the fuck out. Like <laughs> <laughs> I did this on a city bus one time and the whole bus freaked out. <laughs> Everybody lost it. <laughs> oh shit! Poor oh, therapist. <laughs> well, is there anything, any other part of this movie we haven't talked about yet? Anything you guys want to cover before we jump into head cannons and kind of the end of uh, the podcast? If anyone watches this for the first time, uh, have fun and uh, don't be, be eating while you watch it. Be really, be really high. Be re- yeah, honestly, be really fucking high, dude. <laughs> Next week, we're covering 2003's Darkness Falls. So be sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Okay, well, do you, Brent, do you want to go first or Meg, you want to, you want to hear us go through ours first before you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah you guys go and I'll maybe tag, tag along after. <laughs> All right, do you have a headcanon, Brent? Yeah, okay. So my headcanon is, is about Daniel. And since at the very end, spoiler alert, he's, um, you know, he, he's, he's still a demon, right? Uh, supposedly, right? Yeah. You guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Daniel is, he finds himself in a predicament because he's stuck with his demon face, right? Okay. He ends up, he ends up coming back to earth or the, our realm or whatever. And, and he fails as a manager at the limited two because people, they scream when he tries to help them like choose pants and stuff. He finally gives in, he gives into peer pressure and he sees this esthetician to fix his, <laughs> he's got a litter box face, right? And so he fixes that. Cuts like a few months later, he finally meets his demise in his living room when he tries to crawl into Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. Like he pulls it, like he gets Schwarzenegger down and he pulls it apart like really far, like in the movie. Right. But then Schwartz, he turns the tables on him and Schwartz yells, get in the chompers. And he, he bites him to pieces. Nice. Beautiful. You know what? Yeah. Round of applause. <laughs> Because I saw you taking notes, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's really into it." And like, yeah, we were taking notes on all on everything. Every <laughs> tie it all back, tie it all back together. I love that was great. Nice. All right, well, my my head is that the mom, the mom obviously has some kind of demon in her, right? Because I think she's suffering the same thing. She doesn't have a Daniel, but she's got you know, whatever this other demon is, which is why she can't stand to look in the mirror because in those moments she's possessed by this demon and she's like, ah, I can't, I can't stand to look at, uh, you know, Mary Stuart Masterson's face. I've got, I'm this other demon person underneath. So that's why she's smashing all the mirrors. She doesn't want to look at herself, but I think she was living a double life as one hit wonder recording artist Natalie Ambruglia. So I think that this character's mom was going out and singing Torn, and then you know, <laughs> and she was, you know, she's all out of faith. This is how she feels. 
She's cold and she she is ashamed, lying naked on the floor. And so her mental state just starts to break down as she's not as successful as she once was. And um and that's that's where Natalie Imbruglia comes from. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are goofy. Meg, do you have any other, uh, anything you want to plug, you know, social media, anything you want to point people toward before we, we wrap up here? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on any of the social medias at mudflood, M-U-D flood. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I just want to plug that. I hope whoever's listening has a really great day and that, um, Daniel doesn't pull your skull open and jump into you. Yeah, that's one that you know that may be the most altruistic plug we've ever had on headcanon. So that's me. And it's really just it's not because I care about anybody. It's because I just don't have anything going. (laughs) Well, now now you've undone it. I'm kidding. I don't. (laughs) She brought it back. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again, Meg. This has been a blast, and thank you everyone at home for listening. This has been headcanon. Ah!